0: Get ready for the education podcast that brings you the most unique, no-nonsense takes on school leadership, teaching, coaching, and all things K-12 education. This is Informal Observations with Skyrocket Educator Training. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm playing with my intro. I'm playing with the cadence, man. We don't like change, man. I'm trying I'm trying to give people something different, a new flavor. Welcome to Informal Observations with Skyrocket Educator Training. I'm Michael Sombert, the founder of Skyrocket, here as always with the good doctor, Dr. Antonio Vance. Antonio, how you doing?
1: Doing great, man. Doing really great. Spring is right around the corner, man. So getting, feeling good.
0: And they just announced just earlier today that New York City, and I think all of New York State is opening up. No restrictions, full indoor seating, full indoor everything on July first, and they're even saying it might happen sooner than that. As uh, as a couple of New Yorkers, man, I'm feeling good about that. How are you feeling,
1: man? It feels like Texas on the um, Texas on the East Coast. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, everybody wants to get into the streets. I know the streets calling everybody, but. Um, I don't know. I still think we need to tread a little lightly. Um, I'm like everybody else. I want to get out, but open up. That just sounds like, you know, mask off. And I just don't want to get back where we were, even though I'm vaccinated and we're vaccinated, but I don't know. I just don't trust uh, Miss Corona Lachey virus. I don't trust her.
0: (laughs) She's burned you one too many times.
1: (laughs) This country, everybody, the world.
0: Yeah, yeah man. man. Yeah, man.
1: I can't I believe know. you're
0: I expected more exuberance from you on this subject, man. You are you are uh more skeptical than I than I thought you'd be. I thought you'd be uh I, I mean, you just New view-
1: York, and then it's going to be Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Connecticut, Delaware, and then it's just I don't know. It's just going to be it's going to be crazy.
0: It's going to be crazy. Just so our viewers, our viewers, our listeners know, you just suggested changing a meeting on Wednesday to a different day because Wednesday is Cinco de Mayo. And you're trying to party That's
1: the internal skyrocket <laughs> information. <laughs> <laughs> our, our meeting schedules do need to change for Cinco de Mayo. However,
0: well, yes, we, we haven't should have
1: not- Cinco de Mayo in two years, it rained in 2019. I love Cinco de Mayo, by the way. Yeah, and I had a party set up for the you know, 2019 it rained. Last year, I mean, there was no Cinco, nothing Mayo. And come on, like, we, we got to get a little, bring something back. So no 5 five p.m. meetings on, on Cinco de Mayo. Everybody's off.
0: Can I tell my, one of my best buddies, his name is Chris DeMayo. Not DeMayo, but DeMayo. And his uh, birthday is May 6th. So we always call his birthday Cinco de Mayo, even though that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> because it's, it's not the 5th of DeMayo. If anything, it's the 6th of DeMayo, but we call his birthday cinco de mayo so he always gets and he loves drinking coronas too man which is the drink of uh, absolutely. which is a drink what do you let's start here man we're talking about booze what are you drinking man are you having anything
1: oh, we're switching up i think the order of the questions too okay um i'm going
0: crazy tonight
1: it's a change, man it's a lot of change um i'm drinking wine just a little chill i have a one of my favorite wines it's a wine actually um made in new york it's called sweet walter red Very grapey, just a a really nice, smooth, chill wine. um, You know, to relax. So, figured it'll get me in the mood for our topic today. Um, So, yeah, glass of wine. What about you? Aren't Aren't you?
0: So seventy five hard is over.
1: Over right? Okay.
0: It's over. My first day to have a cocktail was Saturday, which is five days ago. I had four beers, uh, a scotch, and I fell asleep at nine p.m because i was so out of practice um i am not having a drink tonight uh i do want one but i am uh on on you know really exciting note we are and folks should know this we're back in schools man i mean the folks who let us be back in their schools uh i am not doing the train as of yet uh even though i know it's i know it's safe uh but I uh, promised my wife I would just drive to school, so we're not going anywhere. We have to take a plane to, but I want to be down there for their morning arrival tomorrow. I'm heading down to Philly, and so I'm going to be leaving here at you know four forty five in the morning. And so uh, to get uh, to make sure I I hit the exercise bike later and get a good night's sleep, I'm going to skip a cocktail tonight. We do have Jägermeister shots on the uh, on the agenda at some point soon, but uh, I'm going to. I'm doing the, I'm doing the water tonight. We are going to, we're going to talk about organizational health tonight, but before we, uh, which is an incredibly important topic that uh, we just don't organizations as a whole, but that schools focus enough on. Um, But before we before we get there, man, is there a learning you've had in the last, in the last uh, week or something that's come up that's resonated with you or that'll resonate with our viewers? our viewers, our listeners.
1: (laughs) Uh, You know, there are two things that have really been sticking out to me. I don't know if it's, you know, how it's a learning, but one of the the things that as schools have opened, um, I've noticed that schools have been talking a lot about the sort of sluggishness that's been happening around the return. Um, And just sort of, they've noticed that teachers um, are sort, sort of like being a little bit of, you know, not necessarily resistant, but sort of sluggish. And it, it's funny because at the beginning, everyone was like, oh my gosh, we got to get back into schools. We got to get kids. Um, and then when schools actually reopened, um, there is this sort of like slow movement and uh, not the the necessarily the, the, the excitement that they thought. And of course, this is not in every single school. I have schools where Teachers couldn't wait to get back and see their students. Um, so I think that one of the things that we, we definitely got to think about is as you know as best as we can predict about what's going to happen in the fall because we absolutely have we have no idea. I mean we've seen in Europe and even in our you know in the U.S. schools open and close and we just we haven't gotten to that point uh, where you know things are at 100% and where we know things are going to remain open. I think it's important for schools just to be mindful of how they're motivating their staff um, and reminding folks of 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 what they've signed up for, and just not to lose sight of of what's important. And remember, folks, remind folks of where we were this time last year when you know we couldn't we fathom that we would still be closed and so distant from our students. Um, Just want to keep encouraging folks because I think that you know as we lose get closer to uh, reopening we just don't
0: want to lose focus and, and lose energy. Yeah, man. Gr- great points. And I, I think, uh you know, my, my, my learning, I, I have a couple this week, um, but I think they're going to be, uh, they're going to resonate and be aligned to what you're, what you're saying. I mean, folks, I don't think folks in education have turned off since the pandemic started. And I, I know that, you know, education is just kind of like that in a lot of ways i remember when i first became a teacher i tried to rally some teachers for sunday football i'm like hey who wants to go out and watch sunday football and they were like we read papers all day on sunday what are you talking about and i was like what what are you like what are you talking about like you're off on sundays and folks were like "No, nah. like we're we work the whole day and uh so I know school is always, and then I found out, and then I started working the whole day. Um, but so school's always always like that in a lot of ways. But uh, I just think with the uncertainty and the whole summer, I don't think folks have turned off. And I, I actually was with a leader earlier who said that she told some of her teachers, which this is, I think, pretty rare. And she's like, you, you all need to take some days off. So don't everyone take off on the same day. She goes, because... <laughs> Because, I, you know, then I'm going to have to figure that out. She goes, but you need to take some days off. And I'm I'm not sure that enough folks have done that yep. um, because it's just and, and, you know, we were at, you know, we've been at schools the last last week or two. And, you know, for me, it's felt the most like it's felt the most normal that things have felt in, in 14 months. And understandably, but man, it was nice to just be able to focus on one school and one school team, and one group of leaders um, over uh, and, and not be running from this meeting and this meeting and this meeting and this time zone and this city. And man, that's a lot of like, that's a lot of mental energy. And I, I know our jobs are different than folks who work in schools. But man, I don't think folks have turned their brains off in, in 14 months. I really don't.
1: Michael, I, I, I appreciate you saying that. There That continuity of being able to to give feedback and see folks in them and to you know also like seeing kids like i miss kids i miss schools i miss the noise and the hustle and the yes. bustle and the jitter the jittery kids in their seat like um all of that definitely felt really good and i hope that you know folks just get re-energized and ready to to launch and get the organizations ready for the fall so that we can do what we came here to do
0: And what is your, here, here's my, my question for you. The, we we went out of order tonight, but what is your prediction for the fall?
1: Um, In the fall, I think we'll be uh, back, but I think what I've been, you know, telling leaders is that that we're not just creating one plan. We're going to have backup plans and backup plans for the backup plans. And most schools have already, most schools have that constructed and built already. Don't throw this out when we get, you know, the green light and, my prediction is that we'll we'll, we'll be back uh, full. I know that a lot of schools are considering doing hybrid, you know, for the first part or for some time um, until you know to get folks stabilized. But I mean, you know, families are going to have to decide if they're ready to send their children back and, and what that looks like. But I think if we continue at the pace that we're going um, with vaccinations and we continue to see the decline um, in viruses, virus um, like infections and hospitalizations. Um, that we'll start to get more confidence um, and with New York opening July 1 and you know we'll get a month to party maybe and then we'll see what happens
0: <laughs> so now you're excited about the partying the skepticism is gone I away
1: say, i didn't say that i didn't say that
0: All right well you're drinking <laughs> that wine i thought maybe th- i got to tell you man i think this is the most normal our show has ever sounded we're talking about like you know uh what school's going to look like in the fall we're being i think we're being a normal podcast today and not two maniacs just cursing and being being obnoxious that's
1: coming that's coming <laughs> that's coming up
0: um yeah i think i think you're right I, th- I think people still be in masks in the fall but i think schools are going to be mostly open i think there'll still be contingents in every school or district and cities are going to make uh accommodations for kids whose families want them to be virtual. Uh, I've talked to some people who, you know, they have a network of schools and they're thinking of creating an additional virtual school uh, where kids from all across the network can attend there uh, and not uh, not lose those students and make sure that they, you know, they stay in the family. And so I think there's going to be a lot of creative, creative thinking about about that, but I think it's going to feel uh, as normal as it's felt in a, in a long while. Um, well, listen, man, we can hope, right? And hopefully, uh, hopefully the numbers go down and we, uh, we are, we are back in schools. Uh, kids are back in schools and, uh, yeah, man, let's get into it. One, one, one point before we, uh, before we dive in, this has happened to both of us where we're talking to somebody, one of our, uh, partners, school leaders or something, and they just like in passing mention that they are digging informal observations, mm. and you now you think you're thinking that some folks are 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 blowing smoke and that we should have like some secret
1: yeah man. password. Go ahead. No, I, I I keep hearing like oh the podcast is great. You, you guys are great. I I, I don't know. I, I don't know. So from now on, we're gonna we should have a secret password. Um, that folks need to prove that they're actually listening um, to the podcast instead of these like, oh, it's great. Like, you know, that was a great show last week. I propose the secret password is red wine.
0: So the secret password for this <laughs> this week is red wine. Uh, all right. I will go with that. My, my, so you think that some folks are blowing smoke. Mine's almost the opposite where I'm like, where I'll be, you know, I'll be 90% of the way through a meeting with someone and they like casually mention that they've listened to every episode that they love it, that they listen to it on their way home from work and they can actually quote details from the shows. And I'm like, yo, why haven't you told me that? We don't know if this show is any good. If you like it, tell us we're not seeking, uh, seeking praise, but just give us some, uh, give us a heads up that you're digging the show and tell us what to keep doing and what to not do.
1: All they gotta do is give you the secret password, and then you're
0: like, "Okay." All right, so that'll be the thing. So if somebody tells us we <laughs> like the show, we uh, we say, "Great." We should be totally. We should. We shouldn't emote at all. We shouldn't even smile. We should say, "What was last week's password?" Yep. And if they if they get it, so if this so this is uh, episode. I think this is episode twelve. Is this episode twelve? What is it? I don't know. I think it's episode 12. This one. It's episode 12. Episode 12. So if you like, if you say, oh man, I loved episode 12, we're not going to say anything. We're just going to, we're not going to smile. We're not going to nod. We're just going to say, what's the secret password? And if they say (laughs) red wine, then we'll say, you're amazing. You're awesome. Thanks for listening. If they can't say it, we end the meeting right then. (laughs) And I think we end the relationship. Because you know that person's, just tell you
1: anything, man.
0: Listen, let's talk about tonight's topic, and keep listening to the show. Tell us if you like it, and tell us if you hate it too. Uh, but tell me if you like it. Tell Antonio if you hate it. Um,
1: <laughs> I'll put them in the trance.
0: You'll put them in the trance. That's not taking off. Somebody did refer to you this week as trance. Somebody said, "Where's Antonio trance?" I said, "I don't know, it's, ma'am." Trance is not
1: gonna. It's, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work.
0: I bet she'll be trance on Cinco de Mayo.
1: Maybe, possibly, <laughs> likely.
0: <laughs> what? Uh, let's talk about organizational health, man. This is going to be a relevant topic for folks in schools and out. But it's around this idea of of leaders uh, really putting their stamp on, on the way adults in their building operate. You know, kids too, but but really starting with the adults. Um, How are we going to operate here? What's our our vision? What are our values as an organization? Um, A lot of leaders get their job and they they take a slow approach. We've compared leadership uh, in the past to the gymnast on the floor routine who is sprinting full speed, but never out of control, right? Every move done precisely, expertly, practiced hundreds and hundreds of times uh but but with that level of intentionality with that level of of um you know of uh of, of precision like i said and that a lot of leaders take the opposite approach they become part of a culture either they, they're the new person brought in or they are they, they've grown up in that in that organization and so then they get the job And we talked a lot about the peter principle or not a lot but we talked a little bit about the peter principle in our last show this idea that uh, people get promoted to the level of their own incompetence Mm -hmm. and so you get somebody who becomes a principal they might be like yeah i have no business being a principal right like i shouldn't have this job um but they have it and this is of course not everybody but we know that some folks have thought that, and by the way, in many cases they're totally wrong about themselves, but they just think that, right? The old, uh, are you familiar with the term imposter syndrome, Antonio?
1: So I was thinking about it. absolutely.
0: Yeah, and so they suffer from imposter syndrome. If you're not familiar, friends, it's this idea of like people like they think that they're an imposter and that they don't deserve the things that they have, and so they operate as such it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy right i don't think i should have this job therefore i'm going to like dip my toes in the water of this job i'm going to kind of like half-ass it because i don't want to be found out as being ineffective and then what happens i become totally ineffective and everybody thinks i shouldn't have the job and now i've just proven the very thing that i was hoping wasn't true uh is true and so i think a lot of people get the job again whether they come from the outside or whether they're uh you know they grow up in the organization and they don't put their stamp on it they don't go right to um the 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 leaders of the, the, the 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 you know the determined leaders or almost like the figurehead leaders and say hey tell me about the school right tell me what's good about it tell me what can be better." How can I be better? Let me tell you about my vision. Give me your feedback on it, right? Um, and, and folks oftentimes don't do that. They don't go to the grumpy teacher down the hall to find out why they're they're grumpy. They almost accept the politics of the place. And then they, they get into the job and they don't have impact or they don't have transformational impact because they're just in some ways... Um, perpetuating the status quo and you know a, uh, I mean part of the reason why our organization exists is is so that people don't do that man. <laughs> um but but b man there are a lot of people walking around their jobs and i'm gonna throw it to you after this because i know you're gonna have serious thoughts about
1: <laughs> lots but
0: there are a lot of people walking around their jobs who i think feel like total shit all day long because they see things that they know shouldn't be happening and they hear things that don't meet their bar and they are par- they are working in a job where they're probably feeling hamstrung and totally re- totally restrained many times by their of their own doing
1: yeah
0: um because that because they haven't focused on on organizational health on the on the front end T- talk to me, Antonio, what's what's on your mind?
1: Well, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is that, you know, leadership takes work. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as a leader, as a leader, my puzzle pieces are the same as everybody else's. Everybody's always battling with, um, you know, even, you know, in this imposter syndrome that you were talking about. Right. You battle with your own personal values, um, your your flaws, your virtues and all of the things that put you together and you gotta like fit them together into your leadership. And I think that people often get this assumption that they are like these natural born leaders. And in fact, it, 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 that people come with this litany of skills to be, to be leaders when in fact it, it takes work. You don't become um, a better parent, a better spouse, um, a better partner. You don't get better at much of anything just automatically right? It takes intention and it takes work. And so th- the folks that get stuck in that rut have to realize that at the end, it just takes a tremendous, a tremendous amount of work. And I mean, you mentioned, you know, the folks that don't speak to the grumpy teacher and they just accept things as they are, they get stuck in this lie, right? That, oh, it's the broken school and they get they just get stuck in these things and um i think about um heifetz in um one of my favorite books in the practice of adaptive leadership and he talks about um and i think he uses the quote the illusion of the broken system
0: Mm.
1: and it's not it's it's an organization is who it is and the way it is because of the people that make it up Mm. and you People don't get rewarded for being the folks that are sounding the alarm. People don't get rewarded for being the folks that says, hey, we said and we espouse this value um, and we're not doing that. Those aren't the people that get the round of applause um, or the the rewards at work. And and so I think that, you know, leaders have to understand that this takes work, active work and, and active practice.
0: Yeah, uh, that's really uh, that idea. You, you, it's funny. Uh, just the parenting thing uh, resonates with me deeply. We 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 try to be really well, really intentional parents. Absolutely. Recent, recently, somebody said to me, they're "Like, oh man, there's there's no manual to parent to raising kids. It's like there are hundreds of manuals. Right? Like, <laughs> which doesn't mean it's easy. To right. your point, it's hard work." but there are hundreds of manuals to raising children. Uh, best practices, you know, decades and decades and decades of research. Um, the, 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 that stuff exists. And I, I, I think, um, you know, the, your point, you know, as it pertains to schools is, is really similar. As I think, you know, there's a lot of focus in our work Tell me, tell me if I'm crazy here.
1: Oh, well. (laughs) Comment or just in general.
0: I know you think I'm crazy in general. Wait for my comment. Let's see if this is crazier than... You you talk about this being hard work and being really hard. I believe that school leaders focus on things like curriculum uh, and new initiatives because it is easier than focusing on defining what kind of workplace this is going to be and exactly. what we care about here and what we, what we are aligned behind and what we will never tolerate in our, in our school or our organization because those things are hard. And to say we have a new curriculum which is a, a million miles deep and a million miles wide and nobody's going to execute it effectively for the first two years of it. But that's almost, distract, that's almost a, a distraction from the larger problem that folks don't want to engage in.
1: Michael, you should write a chapter. In, I mean, you just wrote a chapter in, in adaptive leadership, right? Like the technical things are like, there's a curriculum change. Uh, there's this new thing that we're implementing as opposed to the harder like real adaptive work of what do, who are we? What do we stand for? What do we believe? What do we care about? How do we work together? Mm. Those are the adaptive things that you're absolutely right that folks shy away from because they're not easy to pinpoint. They're not easy to do. It takes time and like investment and care as opposed to um, simply rolling out something you know really easy.
0: Absolutely.
1: So I don't think you're crazy about that.
0: <laughs> good, good. When I was, uh, I've never told anybody this story. I'm about to tell it to you and uh, whoever our listeners are. So if you if you hear this story, listen listen up. Or tell tell us you heard it. Um, when I when I was young, I wasn't a great athlete growing up, but I was like lightning fast. Uh, I ran a, when I was like 15. I ran a 4.5. 4.5 second forty yard dash, which would make me faster at 15 years old than most of the guys in the NFL. Uh, and uh, and soccer was my best sport, and I was unguardable, not because I was the most skilled, but because nobody could could get near me. I was too fast.
1: You brag a lot.
0: No, no, I'm uh, <laughs> I, I, I I'm talking about I brag about myself at 15. Um, I, I had a, a major confidence uh, uh, how do I even put this I for for some reason I got a little older 16 17 I lost all I lost all my confidence I, I started to suffer from panic attacks I was a, I was a, afraid to even leave my house for a short short time and uh, what started to happen in sports is I started to become an expert at looking like I was running as fast as I could mm. while running slow enough that I couldn't separate from the guy who was guarding me mm. I became an expert at it I looked like I was working my ass off but really and I, I told you that I, I, I told you I was fast you're gonna break my chops and think I'm bragging again but I was going somewhere with this Vance um, that uh, and and Maybe, maybe some of those, maybe some of those kids could have guarded me, but history didn't bear that out, right? History didn't bear out that the guy who was, who was tasked with guarding me was going to be as fast as me. But I made sure that they looked just as fast as me because I didn't want the pressure of the ball in my hands or the ball on my cleats when it mattered most. And I I can't explain necessarily why. And there's some stuff with my, with my dad that I, I could unpack there if I got, if I had if I actually had some wine in me I might I might share it but other stuff as well but uh, I think that some I think that some school leaders are doing that I think that they are running really fast while running slow enough to know that they're actually not doing the stuff that's gonna make the big change right I could I could have made that last second shot and helped the team but I also could have missed it horribly and felt the weight of that. And I think that it's, it was easier for me back then to not have that, that level of pressure. And I think that there are some school leaders, whether they realize it or not, they're trying to use the new thing to deflect from the fact that they, they've never defined, they've never said, this is exactly what our school's gonna look like. I take responsibility for everything in my building, not like, oh, we have, you know, We have a bunch of veterans here who are just X way, right? It's always been like this here, right? It's not like folks will often talk about the people on their teams the way that I would talk about the football team that I root for. Like, oh, they stink, right? Like, well, that might be true, but I have no say over whether they stink. But if I was the coach of that team, I would have a lot of say over it. And so I, I think that folks are doing the the they're doing this the fifteen year old Michael thing or the seventeen year old Michael thing and running real fast um, while not while not wanting their ball the ball in their hands for the for the for the stuff like this. What's on your mind? I
1: mean, Michael, thanks for for sharing that uh deep, intimate moment. Um that was a lot. I feel bad now. <laughs> I'm talking about your bragging. I feel like Oh man, that was that was a lot. Thank you for it's sharing, all right,
0: Antonio. I just made a little note over here. <laughs> that, it doesn't say; it just says get revenge, get revenge on Antonio, and it will be it will be delivered swiftly.
1: <laughs> I appreciate you sharing. No, but you know, Michael, I'm, I reflect on my time as um, a leader, and you know, I think everybody does have a little bit of seventeen-year-old Michael in them because. Michael, I mean, that the crown is heavy when you're a school leader and That's that right. spotlight is bright. And, you know, when you take that chance, right, I remember talking to my board and being like, hey, you know, we're going to do X and the outcomes might not be good. I mean, we talked yeah. about when John Bomber was here, the things that we instituted in a school that had never been done, you know, taking away from, you know, X part of the school day that was traditional and rethinking it and trying something new. Was that, you know, a way to say like, hey, if our scores don't look like X, then that's the reason why? Um, or, you know, what, you know, were there other reasons? And we're bounded by all of these things. Like you talked about the sports team that you, you can't control. And I think there are things that school leaders sometimes feel like they can't control. Like I can't actually say student X is going to learn at this rate and this pace. I can push my teachers and I can push folks to do it. But I don't directly influence, um, you know, I'm not going to make this student make this much growth. And I think leaders feel that way.
0: Yeah. But we know in
1: actuality, when you have systems in place, when you have a team that trusts you and believes in you do all of the self-awareness and things that you do as good leaders that are practiced and are good practices, we know that students succeed. We know that these things work. And so I think that there's this dissonance between um, what actually, you know, the the weight that a school leader has. And you're right, there there is some 17-year-old Michael and all of us, when you were saying the story, I immediately thought about all of the things that I did as a school leader that were maybe faking the funk because I was like, if I take this chance and fail, all eyes are on me, as opposed to I need to do what's right for kids and like, let's get to the bare bones, let's get the work done.
0: So, yeah, I think you know we we've certainly been hard on uh, folks on this podcast in the past. I, I this feels different to me. I don't, you know, the school leader who says equity, 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 but I'm not <laughs> going to provide real time coaching because that might make teachers uncomfortable. Mm. Like I, what we call bullshit on that right away, right? That's not a that's not a that's not a real that's not a real perspective. I don't believe it is. I don't think you believe it is. It's those two things are, are incongruent and that there's no way for me to square that circle. The thing we're talking about today feels different. It feels less like a, an intentional, I'm not going to do this thing because I'm, I'm fearful or uncomfortable and more like a, and I don't know. I don't know that I should. Nobody taught me this. Absolutely. It's not modeled for me. I mean, when you go up the the food chain, for lack of a better term, yeah. in organizations as in general, but let's think schools specifically. I mean, like first year teachers get a lot of coaching, right? We could argue whether it's effective or not, or it's <laughs> the way we would refer to it as coaching, but like first year teachers get a bunch. Yep. Second year get some... Then you start going up. I mean, school leaders—it's telling. They'll say like, "Oh, I'm not worried about so and so. We don't need to to coach her. It's not about being worried. It's about developing folks and and making your A players A plus players, right? I mean, the people who are more skilled can can make even more progress because they don't. It's like you know, teaching Michael Phelps or Katie Ledecky like a new a new technique in the swimming pool. They'll 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 master it in no time because of how great they are versus somebody who can't swim at at all and so then you keep going up that the food chain for lack of a better term I I don't know if that's the term I just kind of made that up I kind of like it though right and like veteran teachers get very little coaching and development APs get very little principals get next to none I mean you know a lot of principals man so do I their bosses are not really coaching them and developing them they're They're more, um, you know, checking in, right? And so, and then you even go up, right? Assistant superintendents, superintendents, and and on and on. And so I I just don't think that folks are getting into a new role and that most people have somebody to say, hey, uh, I know you are ready to hit the ground running on the new uh, school culture model. Uh, but before you do that, there's nothing more important than uh, creating clarity around every single school system, by getting investment from the stakeholders in your building, by setting out a clear vision for who your, your school and your staff is going to be, by defining school values and having them live everywhere, not just espoused as you talk about, but actually lived in the building, and um, and, and so what happens is folks find themselves almost in this perpetual uphill trudge uh, because they're trying to get, you know, they're trying to get the, the the important work to happen. And it is the important work, right? Instruction, coaching, curriculum, like all that stuff really, really matters. Um, but it's hard to even get there when you don't know who you want to be. And everybody's doing a, you know, imagine you and I <laughs> picture the two of us in uh in new york on july 1st when uh, everything opens Uh-oh. and i say hey man let's go to dinner and you say oh can't wait let's do it and we we say all right let's go and we both start walking in two different directions right, <laughs> right? and now we're a half a block away and neither one like there's no there's no north star right now of course in our example we'd say hey where where, where are we going actually but in a whole school with with dozens and dozens of adults and hundreds and hundreds, and sometimes thousands of kids, it's a lot harder to be a half a block away and be like, wait, what, wait, what's the best way to do this? Well, like, wait, this isn't working right now. We are not going to get to the location. Uh, and we're certainly not going to get there together at the same time and in the same way. You're going to be halfway done with your meal by the time I come in. You say, Michael, I ate already. You, you you're three hours late. Right. And so, um, you know, it, it's, it's just so important that folks have that alignment and, and I'm not sure that I'm not sure that a lot of folks know about it.
1: Yeah. Michael, I mean, I agree with your point. Like this is not a, not, and I don't want to even use the word malicious, but like an intentional sort of like item. It is a blind spot, I think in a lot of leaders. Um, and you know, i talk talked to a lot of, uh, principals and, it, and it's clear we talk about, I mean, I went through a principal prep program and I've talked to tons of folks and there is no, um, there's no portion of any principal prep program um, that, that sort of aligns these things together. But I do think that it is the, the it's, just, it's just a realization and it, it is coming to terms with, with, with understanding that. And I mean, I actually, like was thinking about your point about the folks that are afraid to like even get folks better and, and like, you know, how do we agree on what what is that next thing? How do you get Ledecky better or how do you get Serena better, right? And leaders can cannot allow those type of things like that when they're not clear, you have to be able to live. I mean, I've used this term so much in the last two weeks about balancing ambiguity. Mm. And that is an absolute necessity as a leader is to balance this ambiguity, the di- like knowing what the true north is and then having to say, like, I'm not really sure, but we are going to make X move and go in X direction. And this is the thing. And I, I mean, it, it, it ties back to what we just talked about at the very beginning about putting a stamp on things. And I mean, your, your point is well taken that it is not our regular conversation where we think it, this is a blind spot and we're, we we got to push leaders to look and adjust their mirrors um, so that they can get the full scope of of what's around them.
0: It's uh, one of our, one of our mindsets is execution is everything. And we talked about this in a training the other day. uh, We didn't coin this phrase. I wish we did, but the idea that like ideas are easy execution is hard. We have just been upset. We've been obsessed with this lately. Uh, I mean, I've been doing this for, I mean, people tell me they have a new idea in their school. It doesn't, I mean, the idea doesn't mean jack squat. It's the execution of it. And I I think that this is a, um, you know, that this is a a thing for leaders to think about because uh, Bruce Tulgan, who we've referenced a few times on here, he says that like leaders, if you ask leaders to be really honest, I'm actually I'm probably going to butcher this, but he basically says that, you know, the most common, uh, the most commonly sought after trait uh, in an employee when you talk to, to leaders across all sectors is that they are mind readers because school leaders and organizational leaders so often don't define for the people on their teams what success should look like. Again, what are our operating norms? The leaders will sometimes push back and say, well, this is obvious and they should know, but that's not a formula for success. And, and there's, no, there's no universe in which they should know in which sharing that somebody in your team should know something that you haven't explicitly named for them um, that then hurts whatever your, your mission or vision is, in our case, student learning. Right. There's no like they should know that 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 is that is that can possibly um, be be rationalized where where it's like, yep, you're right. They should know, man, your teacher should have, you know, they should have been, you know, entering grades every week. Right. You know what a bunch of dummies. I know they I know that families are now going to be really pissed off because they're getting failing report cards for their kids with only one or two grades, but man, those dummy teachers should have known. I mean, there's, that just doesn't like, you can't hear that. There's nobody who could say that or who would share that, who wouldn't get shot down immediately by everybody yeah. in the space. And so folks if folks don't know that we need to tell them. And I, I think that what's what's what happens sometimes is that folks on teams are in this constant state of having to balance the stuff that they do know and, and and acting on the stuff that they do know, like I have to um, you know I have to pick my kid up at the bus at 430 every day, right? If you're able to get there, if you're a, a school you know if you're, if you're a school leader, probably somebody else probably has to do that for you. but there are things that folks know that are that are true, right? Let's go really like big picture here. like I know that I can't run through a red light and not face a consequence, right? That's something that's already in my brain to try and figure out, or to even to, 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 to do the the intellectual prep on my own that looks like and sounds like, hey, should I be adding, should I be putting multiple grades in my grade book every week so I don't get to the end of the report period and have no grades? I know nobody told me that, but should I do that? Like, that's just not happening. with When folks are balanced with like, 8 8 a.m. my first class comes in. Eight like I'm checking homework. I've got like like all these different things. Um, I've gotta have makeup work for kids. There's there are things that are like true and that people know. And it's I think it's a it's a waste of energy for folks to spend time on uh what people should know when when the, when, when it hasn't been explicitly told to them.
1: Michael, I was laughing earlier because I mean when- <laughs> This, this, I mean, Michael, this happens. I want, as a school leader, I want people that work for me and that work around me to like know what needs to happen and know what I'm thinking. It's absolutely irrational. It makes no sense. It's wrong, of course. Absolutely. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about a time I I. it's probably the only time. And I know that I have some former folks that worked with me. I've actually only been actually angry at my leadership team one time, and it was because they did something that I just knew that they would would do. I never checked. I never painted it clear. I, was never, I didn't think that I had to be clear about it. It never even crossed my mind that I needed to be clear about something, and it was a complete miss on their part. And, you know, when I, in in the moment of losing- Wait,
0: on whose whose part was it a complete miss?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to give it to your uh, your bullying here. (laughs) I believe, well, no, it's obviously my miss. Yeah. Because they missed it. (laughs) Yeah. It's my miss that they missed it. And I I just, and I did, and it's funny because, you know, after I sort of like lost my temper and, and did what you just said, like- how could you miss this? What What do you mean you didn't check the questions on the benchmark to make sure that it was aligned to what students are doing? What How, how could that not how, how could that not be?
0: Yeah, like, yeah, There are
1: certain job things that folks need to do and need to happen, but in a leadership role, it is it is your responsibility to model and make sure that things are clear. and I, And I believe that is that that is probably the source of so many issues in leadership is that leaders move forward and we're just trucking along and we're not actually, and, you know, we, we talk about this all the time about painting it clear and modeling and making sure that folks know exactly what the outcomes and what is the criteria for success? What does success look like? Yeah. And we don't provide that enough. And yeah, I mean, I'm still struggling now to admit that, yes, it is my fault that that miss happened. Yeah, because I wasn't clear with my leadership team. And, and I know there are a ton of school leaders right now that are thinking about, you know, when their teams miss something. And you're like, well, I just don't understand how teachers didn't know that they needed to update their grades. Report cards are due. But when that lack of clarity is there, the, the human condition will allow things to come in and intercept that until you are absolutely crystal clear. And it's something that I'm still, you know, you know, years out and years being a school leader. I am still learning the importance of being crystal clear um, and making sure that folks know exactly what success looks like.
0: Can I tell you a funny story about how fast I was? Oh boy. You <laughs> have a choice? <laughs> when I, so I told you this is, you're going to appreciate this cause I'm just remembering this now we would, I was uh, I would race people in my thirties, which is crazy uh, half, half drunk outside of bars, friends, not like racing people for money and get smoked by people who I know I would have smoked when I was, I would have smoked them when I was back in my heyday. And so I would like be talking smack at the bar with friends about how fast I was back when I was a teenager. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Right. And I'm not this guy. I'm not the guy who like harkens back to high school. High school was an unpleasant experience for me overall. But somebody like, oh, you were fast. I'm like, oh, dude, you have no idea how fast I was. Fastest kid. Fastest kid in any in in my whole town. Fastest kid. Like, oh, I was pretty fast, too. I'm like, I'll smoke you. Like, no, I'll smoke you. And then we'd go outside. And I think I lost every single time. (laughs) Did you mention that I was one of those people? You were one of those people. Um, Let's race, bro. Let's race. No, you were joking. You weren't one of the people. But on July 1st, we were going to race. We're going to race. Absolutely. From Brooklyn be- to Manhattan. <laughs> um, across the Brooklyn Bridge. What um, the, the, we, we've talked we've talked before on the show about uh, autonomy, right? And uh, people, you know, you said you talked before about people's like leadership styles. I don't I don't think enough people actually define what their leadership style I think their leadership style becomes just the way they the way they are right they like they they, they didn't like explicitly define who they're going to be as a leader they haven't defined it they haven't shared with their teams uh, who they're going to be what they can be counted on for so folks talk about their leadership style I don't know that that's a really a, re- a real term it feels more like that's just who I've become having done this work and probably, you know, gotten my hand slapped a few times for doing something I shouldn't have done and having some failures, maybe having some success doing it this way. Right. Um, and, and so what, one of the things that folks will talk about when they talk about their leadership styles, is they'll say like, I want to provide people with autonomy on my team. And they use it sometimes as like a pushback. And I know we've talked about autonomy before on the show and how we both think that that's a, a BS term. um, But I've I've thought about this recently, man. And, and I think it's going to be really relevant for this conversation. Schools of all places, right? It's one thing. Years ago, I got to visit, I did, I was speaking at a conference in LA and the, the next day they had school visits or you can go to different organizations in, in Los Angeles who were partnered with, high schools in the area to give them some career uh experience and so i said let me go check some of those out that sounded really interesting to me and one of them was an advertising firm where folks were riding their skateboards through the halls one dude was wearing a darth vader mask they had a bar literally a bar in the office i said what time are people allowed to start drinking 5 p.m right they're like no they're like If a couple beers makes you more creative, you can drink some beers whenever you want. They had a volleyball court outside. People can go play volleyball if they feel like it, if they want to get a little more creative. That's autonomy, right? People can show up. You just have to get your work done. You can show up whenever you want. That's autonomy. Schools don't operate like that, right? You get hired for a job in a school. You can't say what you would say at any other job, which is like, hey, listen, so I can start, but I can't start until October one because I have a vacation planned. Right? You can say that if you're getting a job is somewhere different. I mean they might say you're not hired, they might want you to start earlier, but schools start it starts the start date is in stone the end date is in stone, the start time, the end time. If you're a teacher, your the, your period schedules, right? Like when you're teaching, when you're not, how much time you have in between classes. We've all, if you're a teacher listening to this, you've all been like, hey, end of one class, I'm starving. I also need to use the bathroom. Guess I can only choose one, right? Like race to the restroom, get back before the next batch of students gets there. Like, like everything's defined your curriculum is defined right like what like every single who's in your classrooms is defined, is told to you. What classroom you're in is told to you. Some folks are told, some folks are managed so closely that if they're a week behind in their pacing guide, they're given feedback on that around how to catch up. They're given feedback on how in the lesson itself, if you're behind in the pacing of that specific lesson. Things in schools like micro, like like I'm about to talk about the term micromanaging, but like people talking about, I don't want to be a micromanager. Like, well, I don't know what's more micromanaging than telling somebody they're told how to dress, right? They're told what to put on their agenda boards. By the way, I'm not arguing against any of this stuff because it has to happen, at least most of the stuff I just mentioned, for a school to even have a chance to run effectively. And so why wouldn't school leaders go the extra step to also say, and by the way team and i want your feedback right i'm not a dictator i want your feedback but i think these should be our operating norms that we should come to any conversation with a solutions oriented mindset i mean we have that at skyrocket i mean granted we don't have hundreds of people working here but you if you came to me and said hey i hate this idea but then didn't provide an alternative i'd 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 hold you accountable for that and say i appreciate your feedback but hey man we're not we don't do that here you don't just You don't just crap on an idea Skyrocket and not offer a solution. We offer solutions. That's what we do here, right? And so sometimes leaders will say to us, well, I don't want to be micromanaging. You you can't tell somebody to be happy, right? You can't tell somebody. That's not your business if somebody's happy. What you can say is we're not going to gossip about students in our school, right? Like we're not going to do that. Like that's an operating norm. It's a value. So I, I wonder why folks stop short of that. Maybe they haven't realized that they are actually, that they are working in an almost an autonomy free environment. Why not go the extra step on something that's so important?
1: Michael, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking about, I know, I mean, a lot of the examples you gave were in the, you know, schools that we've worked and seen. And I want to give you an example um, to sort of bring this point home of a school that's international. And I, I visited a school um, uh, it's a network of schools and John a little bit of talked about it when he was with us Kunskap Skolan, which is a network yeah. of schools in Sweden um, and throughout Europe and one of the first things when I walked in the door it was sort of like the, the the sort of shock that you had which you just said um, you saw at this business very similar um, I saw in a school and I thought to myself well this seems very autonomous and like People like kids get to decide what class they go to and they get to decide this and where they work and do this. And I said, how are you able to run a school and be successful with all this autonomy? And the school leader said autonomy. There's no autonomy here. Mm. Every single system, every single movement is planned and thought thought through through deep through multiple iterations. Mm to the point where folks feel like they have this choice. But the systems that are in place, he was like, you cannot run a school where folks get to do whatever they want and be in this autonomous sort of, I, where, where teachers get to say, I wanna teach this this way, or I wanna teach math this way, or, or, or this standard. I, I'm gonna skip this standard. Absolutely not. Hmm. And so I think that folks have to understand that in order for systems, I mean, we can think about every major system. And I, I've said this on multiple of our sessions, and I hope that it like starts to, 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 to really ring true with folks. Um, you know, I work with schools that that also say like, oh, we want to give our teachers the ability to be creative and the ability to think through, right, within a system. Yeah. And we we've talked about all the examples and all of the cornerstones of our society which education is one but if you think about every other cornerstone of society right in health you don't want your i mean your, your doctor can be i think creative but like if i'm going in for heart surgery i want you to go with like the best practice i don't want you to be like thinking on the whim like hey why don't i just try it this way like yeah. no i want it done the way it's supposed to And i, I don't know i think that you know their teachers and 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 leaders and schools there is absolutely room for creativity. And it's just like the leader you know, in Sweden said, but it's within a system, it's still structured and we, we can't lose sight of, of that. And then the, the ideas around micromanagement, I mean, I think we can have an entire session on talking about an entire episode on this like false paradigm of, of of micromanagement I, I, I can't stand that term And I can't stand when I hear people say it It's like scratching styrofoam um, yeah. When I hear people say that that, that word
0: Yeah, I think it's uh, I, I, I think it's a, a made up term That somebody years ago Coined <laughs> for, a, for a boss who was just trying to make them better Or provide them feedback And it's become almost like The manager's kryptonite they don't want to be called a micromanager. They don't want to even hear that term, and so they they uh, they err on the side of not providing enough clarity around the way we're gonna the way we're gonna do go about our business here. I mean, you use the example of the doctor performing surgery, and you've used that example before, and it's it's as relevant now as it's been on previous episodes. But I think what what we're what we're What's a, a next step for folks? And you're right, that a doctor doesn't just decide to just put this vein here and this artery here. I mean, they've gotta they've right. gotta do it the certain way. For for this episode and folks listening, think about because you already you all prescribe things that clearly for your teachers in terms of the execution of their craft. What we're suggesting and take the doctor as the example, if the doctor spent half the time in the operating room cursing or being cruel to somebody on the team or if the doctor was a liar, right? Or if the doctor like showed up late for surgeries, right? Like that's really what we're talking about. To, like the, 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 the surgery is the execution of, of their art, like, like the teacher delivering a math lesson. The other stuff we're talking about around organizational health, the best surgeon in the world if he was belittling the people in the operating room with him or or her, right, um, that 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 person would not have a job there.
1: Right.
0: That ideally the hospital would say, "We don't we don't do that here. Um, that's not how we operate here." And that's a thing that's that's oftentimes missing in schools. Uh, recently, uh, a school leader I was with was. Uh, had a, had a, had a teacher who was talking poorly about a student with special needs, uh, which, uh, I mean, look, is never okay with anybody, but for me, I mean, you know, one, one of my sons has special needs and, uh, I come from that world and it just, I mean, I try not to get emotional in this work. I'm doing better. (laughs) You're helping me be better with that. Um, but, um, she didn't know how to approach the conversation because how do you approach somebody around, what do you say, you were cruel? Mm. Um, you were, uh, I mean, you, you were gossiping. So she just had a really straight conversation and she did a, uh, a setting of uh, just team norms. And here's how, and she owned it, she said, hey, I have not done a good enough job defining for you all how we should how we should operate as a team. And so I've put together some ideas here, and I want your feedback on it. And uh, and I'm gonna share it and you tell me what you think. But by the end of today's meeting, we're gonna land on these four ways that we're going to operate. And she shared it. And one of the things was like gossip, gossiping, uh, not gossiping about kids and families, or that they didn't use the negative. It wasn't not, but it was something around, um, you know, assuming the best of kids and families. Um, and uh, the person who'd had, who'd, who'd made the comment called out in front of everybody and said, I, I need to do better at that. I don't, I don't do that well enough and called they called themselves out and the leader then had the conversation right i'm not suggesting that folks should have a back door hey i heard a thing instead of actually talking to the person about it let me like have this elaborate meeting with these like moving parts no 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 but like you can continue as a leader of any organization to have one-on-one conversations about things that come up we call them these one-offs like huh that was weird I guess I have to have a conversation about that. And now I'm like, hey, sounded like you were kind of mean to the other person on our team. Like I wasn't mean. And you're like, oh, it uh, felt mean. Yeah, well, I didn't feel like it was mean. Uh, okay, well, good talk, right? <laughs> Versus like, hey, um, you uh, you didn't provide a solution. Uh, I, I I was, I was shadowing the conversation with you and so-and-so you didn't provide a solution. You ended that conversation. It was unfinished. One of our operating norms here is that we're solutions oriented. Uh, that didn't happen. Right. So I'm going to coach you going forward to like, and that sounds different than like, I thought you were kind of mean the meeting yes. ended. Right and uh, so so still folks should still have those conversations when somebody doesn't meet the bar but the one-offs that feel weird and like random are likely because folks haven't defined here's exactly how we're going to operate in our organization
1: i mean michael that that is such a predominant and recurring theme um, in school leadership and i think it's you know it's the through line of what we've talked about in organizational health and Leaders have to feel confident and be able uh, to manage those. And that is not um, micromanaging by establishing and holding and setting norms. Yeah, um, And that is not beyond the scope of like standing over a, a, a leader and saying, OK, now do this. Now do this. Now stop doing this. Wait, stand right here. Do this. Now do this. Like that's micromanaging. Yeah. Right. If if, if if such is a term, that could be real-time coaching.
0: <laughs> That's what I was going to say. That sounds a little bit like real-time coaching.
1: <laughs> Depending yeah. on the situation is, it could still be coaching, right? But I think people, you're right. Like whoever came up with this term was just being held accountable. And so there is absolutely, and I, I want folks that are listening, get that term out of your head. Don't let people use that against you. Don't let people mm. use that term. You are, leaders have to hold a standard. And you have to feel comfortable and confident to say, no, I am not micromanaging you. I am ensuring that we are upholding what we said that we were going to do. And we're going to hold folks accountable. And I I, I would push folks to eliminate that word. um, And unless there is something super egregious where someone is like standing over someone that's not where it's not a situation where it's real-time coaching um, and being super directive about, you know, every moment of something. Um, which I don't think the majority of leaders out there are doing. I think folks are holding people accountable. Do not let folks or don't get in your mindset that you're micromanaging because mm. you're holding folks accountable and that you are um, moving folks in the right direction.
0: Yeah, and I think, uh, and this is a good place to probably end. I mean, we could talk about this for hours, right? Um,
1: yeah, it's own episode, man.
0: But but there's, uh, you know, People are operating a certain way anyway, right? Let I me mean, like let me try and paint this picture. It's not like the people in your building are these like kind of mindless robots who don't emote or don't sh- or or don't uh, or, or don't have personality traits. Folks are acting certain ways anyway, right? You have some folks on your team who are super happy and upbeat, up for anything. There are some folks who are crazy negative. Uh, complain about everything most folks are in the middle uh, but it's it's not like uh, defining for people how you all are going to be is is crazy again you can't tell somebody to be happy if they're not you can't tell them uh, to put students first um, you can uh, you know, you can tell them that we're going to do whatever it takes, right, to be successful. Um, you can share your vision, and when folks are are acting in a way that's not aligned to the vision, that you can um, that you can hold people accountable for that. But it just it it feels like um, it's not the leap that I think some people think it is. Because if you take a, let's say you take a staff of fifty, right. I don't know, 20% of the people are probably doing just naturally what, what would be your ideal as a school leader. Right. And there's probably that, what's it? The 20, 60, 20 rule. Like 20 people are totally on board. They're in your camp. 20 people are totally against you. 60% of the people are in the middle. They can be swayed, <laughs> Right, but they can be swayed. You got to get them on your side. And so like, you know, you're going to be acting in certain ways anyway. Why not, uh, do do more to operationalize that. Why not do more to say like, hey, um, you know, one one of the things like that we talk about at Skyrock is like we over communicate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we over like I, like I want to be CC, BCC, or CC on on most things that are especially business related. Not emails that you're sending to leaders you're coaching, but um, anything that's business related. I want to be BCC on, well, like or or CC, right? Uh, over-communicate, right? That's one of the things we say to people on our team, over-communicate, no surprises. That is not crazy to, to, to ask of somebody because that might be somebody's natural inclination anyway, right? right? Like we're going to be sending, like you're going to be sending an email to people that like you're sending that email anyway. Why not me ask you to be on it? Right? Why not? Hey, advance CC me or 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 you know CC me or BCC me on those emails so I have I have all the information on the front end. Right? It's not a crazy thing. It's not like we're we're robots not doing any of this stuff. We're doing a lot of it. Let's just define it.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Michael, I this this session. I mean, I feel like we can talk endlessly um, about how leaders. Have to be reflective. I mean, you know, the book, I, and if you haven't had a chance to read, everybody should. Um, I think it's The Invisible Spotlight. Every, every single thing um, that folks are doing um, as leaders, you're, you're being watched. Why not be amazing at every single thing? Why not um, hold folks accountable based on what the norms are? Why not hold folks, um, you know, accountable for all of those small things, stop talking about the small things like curriculum and like get to the big stuff and define what it means to be here. Um, and that that's the way we're going to keep pushing leaders. And you know, hopefully, folks will th- this will resonate in this message um, around this this focus on organizational health um, will really get us there, and that folks will start stamping it and being confident and and learn that management takes work and everybody that's listening can do it and be amazing leaders.
0: I love it, man. I love it. How's your wine doing? Is it gone? It is gone, man. I actually, <laughs> I mean, I didn't drink the whole bottle in one sitting. It was, I started, uh,
1: yesterday. So.
0: But you finish this bottle tonight <laughs> on this call. Yes.
1: yes. All right. Absolutely.
0: I'll be with you. We'll, I'll be with you soon to have some drinks. All right. We'll, we'll have a race in a parking lot behind a, a dive bar. And
1: you will lose, and you'll have to come on here and tell folks uh, that you lost another race, the fastest guy in your town.
0: <laughs> I don't think I to? was the fastest in the town. I was one of them. We had a, a, a couple of years ago, I'm hanging out with some knuckleheads in Philadelphia, two guys I used to teach with. And yep. uh, uh, somehow racing, one of the guys played D3 soccer. Another guy was a college athlete. <laughs> So I decide to race them. I got smoked. I'm no, for some reason, I'm no longer fast. Of course, I think alcohol has something to do with it. But then they decide to race to see who's the fastest of the three of us. And as they get to the, we're about to go out. We've been drinking and we've been pre-gaming at this one guy's house. We're about to go out. As they're crossing the finish line, their feet get tangled. They both go flying. One guy scrapes his entire arm, like his hand down his entire forearm. Other guy like twists his ankle. They're laying on the ground in agony. (laughs) They'd taken off their jackets on the far end of the race to, to so they could race. And somebody came along and stole their jackets and ran away. And I'm not fast enough. I'm no longer fast. I can't catch the person. These guys are in agony and uh, we wound up like nobody wound up going out. I'm like, what are we doing? (laughs) <laughs> we need no, to go. no that that's a sign
1: stay in night's done Party done
0: yeah i was like told one guy making like, sure you don't want to go out he's like my wallet is gone i need to like call the bank i'm like yeah i guess so well, that's what you got um friends thanks for being with us tonight and talking about my high school glory days and more importantly organizational health the first of many conversations about this uh for antonio and the skyrocket team we'll talk to you next time and keep on rock this was informal observations with skyrocket educator training sign up for our mailing list at we and look out for our next episode